With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to the show. Sorry, it's a little bit late starting. My bad. Um, let's um, get right into the pre-show with Russ Cohen. So let's talk NFL franchise tags because today is NHL NFL franchise tag day. And Hank, <laughs> I'm not sure if you're familiar with the what it is, but... Basically, even if a player wants to leave your team, if you want to tag him and pay him market value, he has to stay. It doesn't matter. There's this has been an NHL debate for a long time um, among players and, and agents and, and stuff like yeah. that. The NHL wants to do the same kind of thing. Yeah, but the one the one thing about the franchise tag that, they, that, that people don't realize, you have to qualify the player at a top five at his position. Yeah, yeah market, a market rate at that position, yes. Right. Yep, and so, yeah, they get a top five, and that's a great point, and – so, of course, Dak Prescott, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, is the first guy that comes up because they only have signed him to one-year deals. And, like, he'll get franchised, and he'll still make $30 bucks. And I would think he got, like, 28 or something last year. Right. And so it's a great salary, but they're not giving him security. And the most interesting conversation did come up today, and that was, well, they handed the money to Tony Romo awfully fast. What is it about Dak Prescott that they won't do? And, you know – He's done everything you'd want him to do as a quarterback, I think. You saw the difference in the Cowboys without him this year, so I don't get it. Well, I mean, yeah. this year this year makes the most sense, Russ, because he's coming off an injury. You don't – you know, I mean, a, ma- a serious injury. So Okay, so you're going to – I get what you're saying. As a business, if that's the way you're going to handle right. it, you're going to lose the quarterback in the future. Like well, you're gonna lose Yeah, it. right. But, okay, last year I agree with your point, point of view. They should have given him the, the contract, but based on the – I think it was the golf contract and other contracts. They didn't want to pay him 40 million bucks because they still believed he was an unknown commodity. They didn't think he was, you know, okay, is he at that upper echelon of quarterbacks? No, but we like him. So we're going to use the franchise tag. And then he gets hurt this year. It makes sense to use the franchise tag. Eventually they're going to have to crap or get off the pot. And it's going to be like right. a cousin situation where they, at one point will say, no, we're not going to franchise you. And then he goes as a free agent, but it'll be 30 years old by then. And then he won't get the money. The team that's going to be impacted the most will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who won the Super Bowl because Bruce Arians, when they were all up on stage and drunk, every time somebody got announced, basically said, you're staying with us. Your ass is going to stay here. You're going to be here. And like two or three of those guys could be franchised, but you can only franchise one. And so they have multiple free agents like Adamigan Sue, and I forget the linebacker's name. He's a free agent. So there's two or three guys. Yeah, there's two or three guys that, and he took like 745 snaps in um, in pass coverage this year, which is a, a, an immense amount. Like you probably don't want to lose that guy. Six sacks from Sue is okay, but yeah, Russ. But you missed the edit of that of that what uh, Arians was saying on stage. He was like, "You're going to be back next year if you take yeah. what we want." Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. It was like, yeah. "If you take what we are from you." So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Tampa Bay because only one guy is going to get the tag. But anyhow, watch out for it. There'll be a lot of interesting things today. 
Yeah, I like. Um, I, I like. I think the NHL franchise thing would be a good idea, actually. Um, but we, you know, I mean, actually, my, sorry, my microphone over here. Depends how it's implemented. That would that would uh, that would be something we do for uh, at, at some point, like before free agency comes in. Is what players would teams use franchise tags on? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't know. I think it would be interesting to see. You know, I do, <laughs> and I think that I, I do like the idea of players. You know, that are really like big stars in that town is staying in that town as much as we can, you know? So that's what I think. I think, think it does really well. Players don't love it because, you know, if they want to move, they can't, but right. they, like you say, they do get paid. So, you know, I mean, let's, let's face it though. NFL players have a bad, have a bad deal. It does delay. It does delay the inevitable in terms of yeah. a player wanting to get that long-term commitment. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure right now the Sabres, would have wished that they could have had the franchise tag on Jeff Skinner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very different, very different world. All right, let's get started here. The twenty uh, third, right? Yes. Well, Hockey World. It's Tuesday, February twenty third, two thousand and twenty one. I'm Michael Agello, and I'm entering year two of my <laughs> my being excised from Canada. <laughs> I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Eklund, you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you every Monday through Friday at this time, Philly on in the comings and goings in the hockey world. And yes, Mike, being as close to Canada as you are, I guess this, this definitely is probably the longest you haven't gone to Canada in your life. Yes, yeah, so I, 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 wa I wave at Canada every time I drive down the 190. <laughs> um, was Canada like a place that you would go regularly even before you were covering the team? Act. Yeah, my favorite – the place is closed. It closed a few years ago. But my mm. favorite Chinese food place was in Fort Erie. I would cross okay. the Peace Bridge, go to this place on Niagara Boulevard, get my takeout, come back over the bridge. And they'd always look at me weird like, why were you in Canada? How long <laughs> were you in Canada? 20 minutes? To get what? To get pork fried rice? Yeah. It was the best I mean, I mean, I, Listen, I would be skeptical too if I was the border crossing. Well, I hey – <laughs> One, the hey, one good time, pork fried rice is good pork fried rice. I mean, it's not easy yeah, to get. So. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know. I mean, I, on that one. it wasn't like I was. It wasn't like I was hiding heroin in the in the side of my car. Yeah, no, although you could have probably because they got they got used to you. That's a great cover. Um, it is a good cover. <laughs> eventually, um, China White. No, anyway. Yeah, so we're going to start today with a little bit of more on Panarin um, uh, because Russ wanted to clarify some things I thought was interesting. Go ahead, Russ. Yeah, I, I got an update on it um, from a source and. And, and so the source is in Russia. And so basically, there was a situation. Panarin didn't hit any woman or anything like that. There was a situation, and there are witnesses, right? So it's going to be a little complicated. But I was also told that it's not really politically motivated. So I think everybody jumping to that conclusion that it's politically motivated and it has that to do with it, um, it may not. And so, and I can't go any further because I only have a little bit more information. Right. And I, but I, after that, I may get some down the line, but it does, it does make a good point because everybody, me included, were our, our brains immediately go to the Putin thing. And we know that the coach was a Putin supporter, but again, that still doesn't mean Putin had anything to do with this. And so even though it looks like that, when, yeah. when I get information like this, and again, this isn't just Panarin, there are, there's other factors involved here. So that's when you realize, okay, maybe there is more to this and maybe it's not exactly what we thought. And I think that's the case. Well, there's all kinds of levels to that. I mean, there could be all kinds of levels and it is, it is the kind of situation like we said yesterday that if it actually happened, it's of course horrible. And, right. um, but you hate to like draw conclusions on anything coming out of Russia based on, based on the situation. And there's, there's plenty of motivation for them to try to 
you know, paint Panarin in a bad light. And there's also this, also the situation of, you know, maybe, mean, this, happens, maybe this happens and he's, and he's, and it doesn't get out unless Panarin does something stupid like that or in their mind, something, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, there's the other thing of that, you know, like, so this is, this is something that, you know, that they were back of sorts to Panarin because there was a situation. And so okay. that's enough to, you know, fire back at Panarin. But again, it doesn't mean it came from the top. It's very yeah. likely now that it didn't come from the top. So but it wasn't exactly stopped by the top either, which is like one of these things like you just don't know. Right. I'm not saying it should have been stopped. Like if it was something terrible, I'm not saying it should have, but you know how no, the Russian right. rush work. So it's so hard. To, it, it is so hard to make any, I mean, this, this has to be an innocential proven guilty type scenario that we have but to play there, out. There are witnesses. So who knows what will happen with that yeah. in Latvia. And that's the whole thing. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I was, so, so let's get into last night's games a little bit. And also wanted to actually, before we do that, my blog and I just, I'm, I'm working on the sellers and talking about, we're going to get into sellers and buyers and all that stuff. Probably not till tomorrow down because then it is amazing how much more people are talking this year than they've ever talked before about trades. Like if I go, if I go to GMs or, and you know, agents and things like that, this is, I mean, literally, usually, usually I would, I had this joke around here that I would make like 10 phone calls and get maybe one thing out of it, you know? Yeah. It's more like three or four this time for every 10 phone calls I'm making. It's just, they're getting information. People are willing to talk and they are willing to, their players, they're definitely agents who want to move their players to better situations. That's, that's always a big scenario going on right now. Yep. Like, you know, players who, agents who feel like their players are getting buried on the wrong line or in the wrong spot, you know, like, you know, like they're being skinnered for lack of a better word. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and they, uh, you know, we'll get a verb at that point. Too, of course, but that's a verb. Leonard Skinner. Yeah, so they're they're in the spot. So you know, there's a lot more information. So we're going to get into sellers for sure, yeah. Um, and maybe a little today, but mostly tomorrow. But I, I definitely wanted to touch base on this: the fact that you know Henrik Lundqvist, like uh, 45 minutes ago, posts a posts a video of him working out and taking shots. I think of it's just he's going to do that. And I, but I think it's great. You know, it's it's in, it's encouraging, and you know, you can sit back and you can say, you know, is he ever going to play again in the NHL? Chances are small, of course, but. You know, with him, I just don't rule it out, you know, like at all. I can't, I can't. You can't rule it out. He's definitely going to try. Yeah, he's going to try. Day, the best analogy I could use is, you know, Bobby Hull was on the New York Rangers. He played in a preseason game at the brand new Brendan Bird Arena. I have the scorecard. He was in the lineup. He was next to his buddies from, you know, the old Winnipeg team. And he yeah. played the game. He didn't yeah. have it. So then he stopped playing and he never joined the New York Rangers. Yeah, this is going to try with the Capitals. I'm sure he is. Yeah, whether he's successful or not. Again, I heard a story where Steve Carlton, a great pitcher, you know Omek from the yeah. Philadelphia Phillies, at the end of his rope, had, threw a bullpen session for the Yankees, and it was so bad the Yankees were just like, "We can't do anything with it." Yeah, yeah. So you don't know. So of course he's going to show that, and I think it's good motivation for him mentally because he's feeling good, and I feel good about that for yeah. him. Yeah, I, I don't begrudge him. The, uh, you know, trying and, you know, getting back into good physical shape after a major, major surgery. Um, yeah. Do I expect him to ever play in the NHL again? No. But, I you know, if he wants to try, God bless him. I hope he makes it. I really do. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's just one of those guys you want to root for. And you know that he's going to give everything he has to doing it. And I think he's it's one thing we know for sure, and we didn't really know this until – 
like after last year is how much Lundqvist still wants to play. Like he definitely still wants oh, to play. He's burning the play. There's no question. And you're right. Um, that question's been answered. <laughs> yeah, like that was that was definitely an iffy thing for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, like would he even if they want to play in the NHL, would he go back to Sweden and play things like that? We heard yeah. all these these things. He definitely wants to play, and he wants to play in the NHL. There's no question about it. So I would not rule out Sweden now, though. By the way, if he tries for the NHL yeah. and it doesn't work out, yeah, say he hasn't had a change of heart and wouldn't go back and play in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, possible. I mean, he could, he could, he could play occasionally. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean. Maybe not have the workload that he had with the Rangers all those years, but if he wanted to just to still keep the fires burning and play, why yeah. not? Although we do have a lot of um, teams that really, you know, and obviously the Capitals would be would have the first shot at him and everything like that. Um, he's under contract, actually. Yeah, he's, he's still under paid, so yeah. yeah. Right, he's it's, still under contract. It's the Capitals um, are bust. He's on long-term injury right now. So right. if he comes back this year, which, like I said, is highly unlikely, it's with the Capitals, unless they trade right. his rights. Yeah. Yeah. And the that, hardest I mean, thing about him coming back, even if he looks good, getting cleared by a doctor to do so is going to be right. nearly impossible in a COVID situation, too. True. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. So let's um, let's move on to some of the games from last night. And I just wanted to start with the game that I was watching because, you know, usually – I might go to games, but every once in a while, I, I like to just try to pick a game that I would never really normally watch, and that's what happened to me last night. I watched um, Florida and Dallas, and you know, it's just like it's you know, it's a game. I don't think a lot of you guys are out there were probably watching on the Sunrise Package. You know, it's 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 not it's not two really high profile teams, but you know, obviously, Florida's the it's got the second best winning percentage in the NHL right now behind Toronto, and um, and they're playing really well. Dallas, you know, still has you know a strong team, obviously from the Stanley Cup final last year. And watching this game, you know, it was I've seen Florida like three or four times this year, but this was the first time that I looked at the Florida Panthers and said to myself, geez, like these guys are really good. Um, they're better than we thought, and they have the ability to dominate games at times. And it was just it was crazy to watch them do this to a Dallas team that we know is good defensively. Granted, yeah. this Dallas team, this Dallas team was, you know, just coming back after having not played for quite a while. Um, because they missed a lot of games due to the blackouts in Texas and all that, but they, um, but yeah, the, it was. I mean, this game wasn't close. I mean, fifty shots were like fifty-two to twenty-three or something like that in favor of the Florida Panthers. And uh, this is like a, and we've seen the Panthers, you know, go up and down and over the years and have their runs at the end of the year where they try to make the playoffs. So usually, the Panthers' mo is usually that, you know, start off really poorly, then make a big burst and try to make the playoffs. Sometimes make it, sometimes not. Um, but this Panthers team, it's it's a serious team. I mean, it's a, these these guys. I mean, they, they never, have... thought, never thought it was serious. I think the problem was we thought, hey, how are they going to overcome their goaltending situation if Bob yeah. isn't there? And yeah. we, I picked them to make the playoffs last year, and they were completely the opposite. So yeah. now we knew the talent was there, but we didn't know if it would get activated. Yeah, and it really, I mean, it really has. They really have a great buy-in, and and the thing that we're seeing, honestly. And it's interesting when players develop later, but what we're seeing from Huberto right now, I mean, here's a guy who's been on and off the trade market forever. Like he's been back and forth and I've, I've written rumors about him for years. You know, uh, people are going to trade for Huberto. There's no way he's making moves. He's like an untouchable now. And he is, yeah, he is ridiculously good right now. He's just making, he does remind me a lot of watching him play and skate like Couturier, you know, in a lot of ways. Like there's, it's funny. Two, yeah. three years ago, he looked like he was on this massive Zenith. Then yeah. he leveled off for a couple of years. Yeah. Now he looks like he's back on there. And because he's always had the talent. Yeah. I'm happy to see him put it together. 
No, I really am too. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see a place that has, you know, some fans in the, in the stadium too. Like they definitely have, um, they have a higher, I think percentage that they have like 25% or something like that there. So they have four. Yeah, but how many are showing? There's a lot of people. I mean, it more, you actually hear the crowd reacting okay. for real, which is nice. You know, that's nice. I mean, it's not, you know, it's granted, it's not, you know, it's still not a building full of fans, but um, it's something. And watching them play, I mean, Dallas obviously has issues too. Dallas was given, making a lot of um, bad defensive plays for sure. They were, um, the Panthers were doing I mean, the, a lot of the time Dallas was really looking like they were standing still. But there was some enormous, enormously interesting stuff to watch. And the Panthers, you know, they took two out of three from Tampa. They, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're leading that division again. I don't know. Well, no, they, listen, they're they're a dangerous team. Barkov definitely could be a superstar in the league. He's always gotten yeah. close. He sort of straddled the line at times. Uh, Ekblad's back. You know, he's got four or five goals. Nobody's happier than see that. I mean, does anyone have a longer stick than Aaron Ekblad? Like, watching him play. Only Sam Moran. I mean, it's only because I told him to get a longer stick. Getting weird echo, Mike, I think, from you. When no, you came I did. Back in practice. Me and Panach. What's that? When you came back in, Mike, a weird echo. Yeah, there is a weird echo, Mike. My voice from you. I don't know why. Okay. Um, no, no, actually, the um, the Sam Moran story is real. At rookie camp, Tim Panaccio was, and I noticed at the same time how short his stick was for him. Okay. And, you know, he's a big six, 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 seven guy. And we, yeah. you know, and Panach said something to him and he said something about his stick and he goes, do you feel like your stick's too short or you know you can get a longer stick? And he goes, no, I didn't know. And I'm like, yeah, you could petition the league and get a longer stick. And Sam was like, okay, I'm going to talk to my agent about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> really? So a real situation. That is crazy. I mean, Ekblad can literally stand on the face-off dot yeah. and reach the boards. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him do it at one point. I'm like, he's, his, his gates were on the, touching the face-off dot in the, in the, in the, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the offensive zone. And his, man, my, my, I'm going to make a log out on what's going on with my voice, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't hear anything wrong with it. Like, it's I, weird. It, it's definitely. Come, I, yeah, there I is think. something underneath you, Eck, for sure. I'm better now, maybe. All right. Yeah. Yeah, you are better. better. All right. Um, but yeah, watching. I mean, I thought it always it always amazes me when a guy like with a stick that long can make a move. You know, like can can even yeah. like can even stick handle because like you, you have to bring to bring your stick in. You know, like stick handling. A lot of stick handling is bringing your stick into your body and. It's just like, you know, I mean, we talked about, I think I talked before about that I can't believe how long Provorov's stick is. Provorov has a crazy long stick for his size. And he's a really good skater, too, I Well, I mean, he looked impressive. He's having a hell of a year. So he's like, he's well, already had more goals this year than he had last year. And that's the, you know, that's the good thing because we've said for a couple of years that Ekblad was not the same player after the concussion, the major concussion that he had. And there's been a lot of people noticing that he's sort of gotten back to where he was when he won rookie of the year and when he was establishing himself as a as a top flight defenseman. So that, yeah, I mean he had forty one points last year. He just wasn't scoring the goals. Now he's scoring the goals again. And the other thing, I mean I think I thought I think I saw it was twenty that the that uh Florida had twenty seven shots in one period and, and, and in that game it's like wow. Yeah, it was a lot. sort of sort of bizarre. Um, the two games that I paid, I was watching one on the television, one on the computer, and we'll talk about the one that I yeah, watched. He's not known for his fighting. No, no, no. But that, 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 but that was a that was a pretty good fight between uh, Patrick Hornquist and Klingberg, two guys who normally don't fight. 
Well, it's really interesting that what Hornquist brings to that team, you know, because there's no question. He brings exactly what he brought to the Penguins until they thought he didn't have it anymore. Then he threw the jersey in this, in, basically in the street. Yeah. And I think he exercised the demons of the Penguins, and he's back to his old self. It's amazing. I mean, he is like, and the Penguins missed what he had, you know, like. Oh, absolutely they missed that. Who wouldn't? Yeah. How many, how many teams wouldn't want a guy who goes in front yeah. of the mill and is a master deflection guy? But they just had yeah. to have Mike Matheson, didn't they? <laughs> It's a crazy good trade, you know. It's a crazy good trade by Zito and and Florida, and and it just he. I mean, he's 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 like what they said, second among the thirty three year olds, thirty three year olds and older. There's like a bunch of them who are scoring goals right now. But Pavelski has nine goals, I think. And he's a real happy go lucky guy too. He really I'll, is. He, I'll give I'll give Zito a lot of credit when it comes to the players who he added after he took over. Um, that just sort of fit well into the into the construct of the team uh you know carter verhage uh as a you know on a two-year deal at a million dollars a year and they put him on oh, the wing on the wing with barkoff and he's scoring i mean he's one of these late bloomer type guys now he won a cup with tampa last year he's basically a fourth line you know 13 yeah. forward type guy you know getting duclair for a million seven getting wenberg off the scrap heap after wenberg has been out. wenberg does exactly what he did for he makes them look a lot more like columbus sometimes it's interesting like because because when Columbus misses Wemberg too, like you can see I, that. I think that's a torts thing. I think that's a classic torts yeah. thing because Wemberg was was fine. He did get rushed. Don't don't yeah. kid yourself. He got rushed to the NHL. Yeah. You want a guy to play number one center all of a sudden and or number two center and you know he's a kid. It's a hard job. But he he did well and then all of a sudden his play faded and then they yeah. got and then we kept hearing bad things about him like he's not playing well. And then he's gone. That's a typical torts thing, and that's and Wenberg had more talent than that. And, and I wonder. I wonder this. I wonder out loud. Does he don't do that. Whether yeah. whether yeah. Quenville did the thing with Yandel on purpose. He did. There's no question. To 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 sort of unite that team because clearly there was a an, an uprising on that team to, you know, don't do this to Yandel. He's got the got the consecutive game streak. And everybody united around Yandel, who apparently was a well well liked teammate. And look at the way the team is playing. Yeah, I look. I I would liken it to this show. I think if we were playing hockey and I went up and I hit Mike in the junk, everybody be like, "There's." <laughs> but if I did it to Eck, everybody be like, "Why'd you do it to Eck?" Right, right. It makes sense. Right. Thanks, Rob. I, I don't. I don't think that this was necessarily. I think this is the. I this this is this is the. I think that's what they like Yandel, and I think Mike's right. I think I think, he, Kendall, I think it was contrived. I mean, from what I've heard, like me is what you're saying. From what I heard in this, and I know this story a lot about the story, but it, it, I think Quenville kind of lucked out here. Honestly, um, I don't think this was a planned thing at all. Um, but I do, I do think that he it, it worked out. It definitely worked out well for them. Um, and there's no, there's no two ways about that. But you know, Yandel was definitely something that they, that the Quenville had, had had enough of after last season. It was, it was basically it. Like he was done with them. Um, it did work out somehow, and then and, four goals now. I know, and he, you know he's a he's a very important player. I mean, the team they have th that kind of controversy can turn into a positive thing for sure. It did, and and Drager's a good goalie too. I, mean, I know, but how long? I mean, this I is. Know. And look, I covered him in juniors. I thought he was pretty good. He definitely got lost in the shuffle, like a lot of goalies do. Yeah. He's not a bad goalie. Could I have seen foreseen him taking a job away from Bobrovsky and being a number one? No. I think what this is is a situation where the coach likes him and doesn't trust the other guy, and that's just where they're at. Because Bob's well, winning 10 games. one and four, 10 one and three, 10, 11 one and three, 11 one and no, three. A, a week ago, they were both five and one. 
So, like, the only difference between the two is who the coach liked. And, yes, Dreger has a little better save percentage. But at the end of the day, it just mattered who the coach liked better. And that's yeah. really all that matters now. See, yeah. I have to call I have to call him Dredger because every time you say Dredger, I, I think of Darren Drager. So I know, yeah, I know. I, but I mean, I, I was impressed by that game. Um, then uh, you know, I watched a little bit. What did you guys watch last night? Did you guys I'll watch? Tell you what I watched the main one that I watched because um, I watched what Mike's going to talk about. But the main one I watched was was Anaheim because I wanted to see how Trevor, Trevor Z is yes. going to do. I appreciate what Anthony's saying, saying that I called it on him. I mean, look, he. I think a lot of people could have called it on him. He's a terrific player. I do think he still was better than other people that were drafted ahead of him, but that's fine. I still don't like what I'm hearing, though, coming out of Anaheim. Well, they sent down Henrique, and they brought him up, right, center for center. If you think now that that is a good thing to do with a young guy, to put him in that spot and hoping he sparks the offense or hoping that now they can get hot and get in the playoff run because they're only a couple points out, to me, that's a bridge too far for any young guy. Now, he might be able to do it, but I wouldn't yeah. want to put that pressure on him. I would only want to see him play for five games, and I would rather see him go down and play more with the goals simply because we talked about it the other day. Yeah. He had eight point, nine points in eight games, but the goaltending is substandard right now in the AHL. So yeah. you can't go by those numbers. And Zegers had some good plays last night. He got in front of the net. He made some good passes. He's a terrific skater. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen 30 games down the road. I mean, games this year. Reward him. Give him a taste. Give yes. him a, give him give definitely, him a, he definitely looked like um phenomenal. Like he I mean he, he had he uh, has he a some smart guys. Like I got to clear this up cuz Arthur Franco goes, "Russ, was that a comment, a reference to Turcotte?" Yeah, it kind of <laughs> is. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I like Turcotte too, but I think Zegers has a higher upside. Yeah. Anyway. No, I think I think that he's got a nice wow factor to him, and he's got he's yeah. definitely yeah, uh, but 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 definitely got a good charisma to him. He's a he's a real he's a star. He feels like a star. He feels like an. Yeah, but, but here, here's where I agree with here's where I agree with Russ. If you saw what the Anaheim Ducks Twitter feed did when they when yeah, they so called right. up Zegras, it was like it was like John the Baptist is coming yes. to Jerusalem. I mean, can you know, come come the frig down? It's like, yeah. He's a great young player. You know, don't don't hype this like he's you know the the, the next the, the second coming. Yeah, the next four or five games, he could buddy up with um, Ryan Getzlaff and learn the tricks of the trade, and all that stuff is great. But at the end of the day, he's probably not going to be the reason you either hang around the playoff circle or don't, and you're probably still going to be last in the division. Yeah. So give, give him give him a full year in the American Hockey League. If you want to call him up after the trade deadline, fine. Give him a full year. Allow him to grow, to get used to the pro game, and then when Getzloff either leaves or maybe he resigns for a much cheaper amount, then you put Zegers into a top six role. You don't. I'm sorry. Do not rush him. Do not do it. It's stupid. No, but for, to spark him, I think it's good. Yes. Uh, to expect the whole team to get sparked by a young player. That's more of an indictment of the team than and hoping that a player can do that. But still, yeah, was, give, him a, give him a break here, guy. I mean, like there hasn't been a whole lot of excitement around the Anaheim Ducks this year. I mean, yeah, but again, you're the Anaheim Ducks Twitter feed. Like, give him a break. This is a, this is a fun thing to have happen. No, no, it is no. a fun thing. Yeah, yeah. it is a fun thing. It's but good job to make create excitement around the team. I think the fans have a right to be excited because he is their next great center. I just don't want them to hope 
that he is going to put them over the top right now because of his existence. Yeah, and after okay, if he go, if he goes five games and scores no points, those same fans were excited by the Adam Heim Ducks Twitter feed are going to say this guy's a friggin' bust. I mean, come on. No, Adam Heim fans won't do that. Actually. Oh yeah, I think you're, I think oh, you're uh, you're you're uh, making oh, wow. Ducks fans a little more Why stressed out than they really are. Ducks fans today. It's really not Ducks fans' way of doing things. Um, no, it's not. But you know, but but I think I mean he just has that factor. It's fun to watch. He's you know. I'm not disputing that. I, I think he's a great young player. I loved what I saw in the World Junior. I'm just saying, cool your jets. Don't rush the kid. Don't put too much pressure on him too early. There are very few 18- or 19-year-olds who can handle that kind of expectation yeah. and pressure. It's not fair to them to put it, to dump that all on them. Here's what I feel is happening, though. In that market, because the Kings are on a five-game winning streak and because the Ducks look kind of flat – I think Murray pushed the button because of that. That's my feeling. I did want to talk about how, how hot the Kings were. <laughs> well, what do you think? Well, before that, though, what do you think about that? I think that that's a really interesting. I think that that is an interesting move. Although you have to admit that you know, if you're going to reward the guy for like just the, the run he was on in the AHL, this well, is a good time to do it. You yeah. know, so I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hurt. It, there there are a lot of things that it was a perfect storm to a degree. It doesn't hurt that the Kings no, but are when your no, next closest team is in the same situation you are, a rebuilding situation, and they've won five in a row, I yeah. have to feel that there's some pressure on them now. Yeah, yeah. No, there, there are. There is. And, and they have a chance, you know, a legitimate chance of making the playoffs, though, the, the Ducks do. They, the Ducks that, are that, that final playoff spot is wide open. Yeah, I mean, but they're three points behind. And if Gibson plays, you know, his ass off, I'm sure there's a 2% chance. I don't think it's much more than that. No, three points behind who? They're behind Arizona, right? Yeah, whoever yeah, I think mean, Arizona's in the last spot. I'm or Minnesota. It's it's all these teams are all really tight in there. So I don't know. You know, I, yeah, I haven't looked at the standings yet, but they're they're very much a good a chance as anybody. I mean, they're still at the bottom of the division, even though they have a chance. They and so, but so do the Kings. The Kings have a shot too. And and I mean, they everybody. I mean, the, what we're getting out of um, Dustin Brown this year is just you yeah. Know, actually, the Kings are in that la in that spot and. Ten Anaheim goals three points behind them. Ten goals out of Dustin Brown. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I really yeah. did not think that Dustin Brown had that left in him. Well, of the of the the trio of players that you, I'm sure, any general manager who was controlling the Kings probably would love a compliance buyout on. If you looked at it a couple of years ago, the one that was still producing at a certain level was Dustin Brown. He was still, I think he had 17 or 18 goals last year, which is, you know, is respectable. It's not, you know, not bang for buck. What you're, you know, you're paying him less than 6 million. You'd like a little more out of, out of, so a player making that kind of money than that, but he was still being affected. You know, it was Carter and Quick who you were saying there that's a that's a waste of money. Yeah. Well, now you know. I mean, Quick's playing well. Quick's well, playing you, well. And and, and Eck, Arthur also brings up Gabe Velarde. If you remember, I've given updates on Gabe Velarde on this show for the last two years yeah. because of his bad back. But last year he had a good year, and that's what I said. I mean, he came yeah. in ten games, he had seven points, and. I thought he had a real good shot to stick this year and do well. And he's got eight points in 17 games. He's a big guy with a great shot. And I, I'm a big Gabe Velarde fan. So I, I'm happy that he's working out. It just shows the plethora of centers that they have. And, and look, he could play wing too. Yeah. The plethora of centers that the Kings have are no unlike any other organization in, in the league. But actually, yeah, they really have great prospects. In, ter in terms of you know young goaltenders – in the league, you know, people were talking about Demko. People were talking about 
Cal Peterson, even though his record is three four and one right now, he's got a nine twenty six save percentage. He's the be he is the better. Yeah, he's playing the he's better, better of the two goaltenders. The quick is getting, and that is the biggest bungle of the Sabers yeah. that we have not put that much into, other than when it first happened, as to what has gone wrong with the Sabers in the last four or five years, because. There was a time they could have had him come early in from Notre Dame and he would have signed there had he been given any kind of indication that he'd be the goalie, but they never seemed to do that with him. If you if you ask any any reporter covering the Sabres and you ask them, you know, what what is at the heart of their instability over the last few years. You know, okay, second line center, the overall defensive concept, it's the goaltending. I mean, Linus Allmark is a good 1A, 1B type goaltender, but he's not a number one starter. And Carter Hutton is pathetic. And they don't have and, and they and they yeah. don't have anybody, you know, who can spell Allmark when he gets tired. And all you know, they they play Allmark too much. Yeah, the Hutton is in my mind almost a guaranteed loss. And Cal Peterson probably would have been a guy that would have been a tandem partner with Allmark at this point. So, I mean, amongst the many things that are wrong right now with the Sabres organization, the foresight to sign Peterson when they could have is another one of yeah. a number of mistakes. I, kind of wanted, I was just going to say, I watched Peterson yeah. in the regionals like two, three years ago when it was Anders Bork last year. A lot of players were injured. There were a few good defenders, Bork and Peterson, and they went further than – they ever should have gone because of Peterson. Yeah. And Zach, and Zach in the chat is asking about Lukanen. Lukanen is playing in Rochester now, but the way the Sabres defense has played over the last year, year or so, I want Lukanen to stay as far away from the Sabres right now. Let him play in the American Hockey League. Let him get experience. Yeah. If you rush him this year or next year, you are just creating another cluster F. I feel like we're, I feel like this is a good time to kind of look at the divisions because, like uh, you know, we're starting to see some things. Uh, but teams are getting like tw near twenty games. Like Toronto has twenty games, and and I was I was corrected by a friend in Florida that the Florida Panthers have a higher winning percentage than the Toronto Maple Leafs. They are the number one winning percentage in the league right now, which I did not realize. So they're at yeah, seven because they played three less games. They're at seven sixty five, and the Leafs are at seven fifty. Yes. Um. So yeah, so but anyway, regardless, it's still I mean impressive no matter where Florida is to be in, even in that consideration. Mm -hmm. um, to me, so now you know, don't look now, Mike. But but the team team trailing the Leafs in the division now is the Edmonton Oilers. Is the team so, that missed the playoffs? They are eight and two. Yeah. Um, and uh, they they're going to miss in the last eight and two in their last ten, and they have uh, they they have definitely a tippet is tippet is a is a great coach at times. Be they at are going to miss the playoffs. We'll see. I don't. I do not it's think that's a battle of wills. I'm just no, no, maybe okay. The reason that they're hot and the reason they're eight and two is because, because is because Drysaddle and McDavid are nuclear hot right now. You know, yeah, anybody watch, anybody watch they're on their team? Anybody who watched McDavid <laughs> against Calgary on Saturday? And Matthews is pretty hot too. No, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying that he's not. I'm talking about Edmonton. We're not. I know, but you sit there and you just sit there and say that the reason they're good is because they're hot. Yeah, that they're on their team. They're part of their team. Let me finish my point. They're the only ones. Yeah. If they don't. If they're not absolutely red hot, they will lose. And right now they're red hot, so they're winning. But when McDavid and Drysaddle play like mere mortals, 
which they will when they continue to run them 25 minutes a night, then they're screwed because they don't they don't have a structure. They don't have they don't play great defensively. They don't have the good goaltending. They don't have secondary scoring. Other than that, what's the problem? Yeah, but they're getting better in all those categories. I mean, they are. Pressure is improving. I watch them all the time, and then Tippett is getting this team in line they're starting to they're starting to be able to hold leads better they're starting to be able to do the little things that they did last year that when they were starting to look very good um i just think that they when you have two players like that it's really hard to sit there and say they're not going to make the playoffs you know because they really at the end of the day yeah I, I this division doesn't have enough i mean montreal okay um at four or five and one in their last ten you know falling back to earth a little bit maybe um right and and, and the reason the reason for that and i've heard many people analyzing this is because the num the one two punch in Montreal, Kotkaniemi and Suzuki have resorted back to the form that they played during the regular season last year and not the way that they played in the playoffs. And they needed right. that those two guys to be difference makers up the middle like they were in the postseason. And they are not. So what right. you know, then they're at that point they're struggling offensively and you know, I mean, I mean, I'm look, okay. I'm looking right now at the at the Edmonton Oilers uh, um, uh, scoring. McDavid and Drysaddle are both over 30 points. Right. Ryan Eugene Hopkins has 18. Darnell Nurse has 16. Uh, Tyson Berry, who everybody thought that was a mistake, but he's a power play specialist and he's got eight power play points right now. He's got 16 points. After that, everybody is in single digits. Right. That, that's like the Buffalo Sabres have four players in double figures and the rest in single digits. What this tells me is this is a three to four man team. They continue to be that and they don't have the structure past those guys. If they don't perform at that super high level, they will not win. I know how to break this up here. This is a picture of me interviewing Uka Pekalukanen and trying to reach him. Yeah. Adam, Kimmelman, Adam Kimmelman took the picture because he was laughing because he's such a big human being. That is crazy. That's awesome. No, I mean that, that's that's really that is really something. Um, I don't know. Let's let's go to another division for a second. Um, the crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, I, honestly, the Thank you. No, no, not at all. I mean, it's, I don't know if you're the winner or not. I'm like, just yelled louder. Everything you're saying, Mike, is insane. But I'm going to let it go. I'm <laughs> too tired to fight it. Um, but because I just think that at the end of the day, teams that have players that are that good in divisions that are this weak are going to make the playoffs. That's just, I don't just think that, again, again, I, I just think, think that, I mean, Russ, Russ, can you tell me whether you think the Oilers are going to make the playoffs or not? Just can you at least say that much? I don't think they'll make the playoffs. All right. I think, I think this is a hot take. All right. We'll see. I really, really think you guys are wrong. Um, but anyway. Well, I mean, act. you said that that division is weak. I, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think Winnipeg has played up to their expectations, and and now with Dubois, yeah. I think they're going to meet that. I think the yeah. Flames have been much are much better than they have played. So yeah, I watched the Flames the other night. That last night, I thought they were good last night. And God forbid if Vancouver ever gets their their uh, act straight. No, I mean, this this division is 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 weak to start, but I'm, I'm I agree with you that they could this could this could be a really tough division by the end of the year. I'm not saying it couldn't be. But the really interesting thing in, in this division is, you know, you could look at the goals for and the goals against. There's this big disparity there, right? Yeah, you could say the Flames suck, but they sucked less than the Leafs last night, so whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, three nothing last night. They take out the Leafs, right? So yeah, with and, Michael Hutchinson in that, with Michael Hutchinson in that, and with Zach Hyman, Joe Thornton, Wayne Simmons, and Jake Muzzin all out of the lineup. So 
you know, I mean, injuries are part of this, and every every team has them. And you know, the the Leafs may struggle the next couple of weeks with a lot of key players out of their lineup, especially if Anderson Anderson did not when I went off the the, the show for a second. I was listening to the. Uh, the, the media availability for the Leafs and uh, Frederick Anderson did not practice today. Jack Campbell is back. If they okay. have to rely on on Michael Hutchinson, they're in deep deep trouble. Yeah. So they better hope that Jack Campbell can come back because Jack Campbell at least can stop a puck. Yeah. The one thing I took out of this game, besides saying you know Calgary did what they needed to do and Sam Bennett had a good game, yes. although Hutchinson helped him tremendously on that first goal. Um, I the Leafs on the power play are a team that has so much talent that everybody's like, doesn't want to be the guy to shoot. And if I were the coach, I would designate like two shooters and one guy in front of the net and have this, and just say, if you, if it's Riley, Riley passes to Marner. If Marner's not shooting, then get it to Matthews in front of the net or near the net. And if not, then recycle it around. To, I'm tired of this. To their, to yeah, their, no, to, to their, to their defense. They're Russ, frustrated watching. No, to their to their defense, that was the first game this year that they used the the all in one power play with Tavares, yeah. Neander, Marner, Matthews, and Riley on the same unit because last they should year be zero for five, right? What do you mean? They were zero for five. Zero for zero for seven. Zero for seven. So they should be zero for seven and had and had a minute and thirty six two man advantage that they that they, I think right. they got two shots on goal. But that see the thing was they the, what Keith did and it was it was pretty effective is that on the first power play they were using Thornton and Simmons in front yep. of the net and the second power play they'd move Neilander and Tavares and that unit was sort of competing with the first unit. So you had this thing thing going back and forth and they were both scoring. But now well, because that changes the environment. You have too many players who have the same kinds of players when you throw them all. When you're making $10 million, you should be able to play with two other guys that are making $10 million. Right. Even if you haven't played yet this year with them. You know, like to me, yeah, that's the problem, don't we? The reason, yeah. you know, the, the, reason that Tavares, the reason that Tavares scored so many goals on the Leafs is because guys like Marner sometimes don't want to shoot. Right. Yeah, and Marner now, is Marner can be kind of infuriating to watch time. And I agree now, with that. but but the thing is, no, now Marner is shooting more. He and he's been working on his shot. He's got, I think, yeah. he's got a great shot, shot, obviously. Yeah. So, um, but but no, I think I think everybody was deferring to each other, and that's the reason why it was just not working. And that second, up, I, I like the idea, guys. I'm just throwing this out there. Okay, um, I, I will never go to the Anchor Bar because I don't want to get murdered, <laughs> and they don't have strip shows at the Anchor Bar unless you're talking about boneless. Skinless wings. That's the only thing they strip there. If the others don't make the playoffs, Mike, I will personally see to it that you go on a date with Puck Crazy Model. Oh, okay. That's motivation. I'll tell you that. Friend of my wife's, and I will personally make sure that happens because there's no two ways about it. I'm absolutely convinced. That's okay. how it's Someone anyway, right. like this, so when they lose six or seven in a row, this comes I'll back. still be in it because that's the way this division is. I mean, it's, it's like this division is so. Winnipeg's going to rise, like Mike said. They're going to rise. Winnipeg, I, I, see, I, I'm oh, only on Winnipeg is playing as good as they can play right now. Honestly, I think they are playing as well as they can, and I think Montreal was playing as well as they can. I, I do agree that Vancouver is like is waiting to explode, and you can they see when you watch in the weeds that that is true. When you watch Vancouver play, you do really. You, sometimes there are. Parts of the game when you're like, this team is really good, and you they have might to be finally switching to Demco because what do you yeah. make like forty something saves the other night? Yeah, I think they have to do that. They have to make a decision, and they also. But Peterson is. Wait, hold on, okay, hold on. So one of your takes this year was when we were talking about that, you backed Holpe, and I said Holpe. I'm worried about Holpe in Vancouver, 
And yeah, right. I was worried about Holpe and Vancouver. Oh, you were right about that, 100%. I agree with you. Um, I, um, I liked, I was, Demko, Demko was just so uncertain. And Holpe, I, you know, just, you know. I think Holpe was a four I really million. Like, I've always liked Holpe. I think he's just I think Holpe was a $4 million safety net. That's I think really it was a smart move. I think it was a really smart move for them. And I think at the end of the day, their goaltending tandem could be what gets them into the playoffs. Um, but they, right now, you know, it's not necessarily looking that way. Um, no, but, what, what, what division want to, do you want to talk all right, about? So let's go then. Let, let's go to the great, um, the, the great East, um, East division, because this division is strange. The weirdest thing about this division is that, you know, last night the Islanders get a couple goals, so they go above. But be, before last night. How does this work when you're only playing teams in your own division? That Boston was the only team with a plus goal differential. Like I was trying to figure this out. Like how's that possible? Um, yeah, but, know, the but the differentials are not that. Like okay, right, it's not that big of a difference. Right, big, yeah, but it should still be like you know, there should be somebody else in the positives. But today the Islanders are plus one. I mean, that's kind of crazy. But beyond that, the Bruins well, are. Okay. Plus one. Remember the differential in oh. the differential in the division has to equal out to zero. Right. So right now, right now the differential is plus sixteen to minus sixteen. Boston's yeah. plus fifteen. Islanders are plus one, and the rest of the division is minus sixteen. So yeah, it that makes sense. Out. It's just yeah, man. yeah. I mean, and it's close, but still, and I mean, it's 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 how close this division actually is, and it's it's a lot closer than people think. This division, you know, I think I think it's a lot closer. Now I'm going to say something that's probably yeah. going to shock you, at, but um, if the Flyers don't make that trade, they could be in. Jeopardy of not making the playoffs. I agree. No, I totally, I, I, I totally agree. I don't I think the tell you a scenario now how that could happen. Well, one, one thing, one thing, one thing I'll say is that that the standings are in this division are slightly skewed because of the fact that the Devils have only played thirteen games, right? And and Pittsburgh and the Rangers have played, you know, sixteen. Whereas like the Islanders have played, you know, the Islanders, the Islanders have benefited from the fact that they're playing uh, possibly the worst team in the NHL. <laughs> Three times in the last week, and that's the right. Buffalo Sabers, who are one and four coming off COVID. Now that everything balances out, we know that they they play you know, somebody. Right, you get you you're, you're going to face all these teams eight times, but it does benefit you right now in the in the immediate moment that you're playing a team who came off two weeks of COVID, and the only team that they beat were the Devils. Okay, I mean that's fair, but right now the way we're looking at the division. Like I had said, I never planned on the Rangers making it. They're not making it. Especially with Panarin out, they're not making it. So we take the Rangers out of it. The Devils are hanging in there. I don't know if the Devils are really going to do it. I think it's just going to come down to that fourth spot. Yeah. And honestly, the Flyers could slip out of that fourth spot. I mean, here's here's how this could happen. Uh, Carter Hart stays on this mid-level projection for this year where he's not great. He's not terrible. He's somewhere in the middle. You don't know when to use Elliott. Maybe you're still going to use him on the road. Uh, the defense isn't set. The defense is still having problems shooting the puck and actually getting points for them. Uh, Gossespierre, he shoots so many times he can barely hit the net. Basically, they had three defensemen who have like, I want to say, eight, eight points or less. And then there's like very little else. Gustafson's not doing his job. He's got seven assists, no goals. Again, everybody was brought in with all these high expectations, and it really has nothing to do with their forwards or who's injured on the forwards. It still has to do with the defense and how they're not producing offensively too because you're 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 missing Niskanen, which is one step away. And then I know Braun's out too. I get that. 
Um, but at the end of the day, if they don't make this move on the blue line, Eck, I don't know if things get better on the blue line for them. And their goaltending isn't what it was last year. Not yet. No, I, I think the Flyers are in a – I actually, first of all, I want to disagree with you on the Rangers. I think the fact that the Rangers are you – know, I mean, granted, you know, they played 16 games. You know, when you look, when you look at winning percentage, they're, they're, they're low. But they're not out of this thing. The fact that they're not out of this thing to me is astonishing. Like, really, when the, the reality is that I – mean, you know, on paper, sure. Well, what's, what's, they, but they played. They have played terrible. What's astonishing and, is that they're still in the race. Yeah, playing Kevin Rooney and Colin Blackwell and right. Phil DiGiuseppe and all these guys. The minutes that they're playing and not maximizing maximizing the opportunity for the young guys on this team. Right. You know, I, I think well, that here, he finally got to play with top yes. talent last game. He did. Yes, and they've won a couple games now in a row, and it's. Yeah. A, they are, um, you know, I think I think if they go and trust a little bit more in Lafreniere, you know, they'll go a lot further. Um, I, I think that there's sense in that for sure. Ex, someone's asking me, do we think Friedman's going to clear? Uh, that's a good question because Friedman is the kind of depth defenseman that a lot of teams could use. Yeah. Well, I, okay. That's true. I was really surprised by the move about playing. I, I, I was a little surprised, and maybe I shouldn't be, about Luke Shen being, being waived. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Mike. One other thing. Uh, Wayne Fish reported Nolan Patrick has been used on the wing, so he might play next game against the Rangers on the wing. Just so Right. I mean, Fried, Friedman is, I think, at a league minimum salary, right? Russ, he's yeah. at 700000 yeah. So is Luke Shen. And, you know, okay, Luke Shen is not a top four defenseman anymore. He's, you know, he's in his late 20s or early. I think he's 30 now. But he's a $700,000 contract, and he's a right-hand shot. If a team is shorthanded defensively, they might claim him. And he's already played in Philly. I thought about this, like, when I saw it. I'm like, okay, it's interesting, interesting concept here. Um, he liked it here, you know, and – the Flyers, you know, I mean, he might be the. I mean, he's he's granted, you know, he's not Niskanen, but he is definitely at least a, a, a skilled player with who's you know pretty the solid. The thing is, the thing is, Zach, it, it, like we were talking about other defensemen that might potentially would have been available. The Flyers need a top four option. They do. Shen yeah. just can't skate well enough for it. Well, there's no question that they are talking to Tamp to, to Nashville about Ekholm, and um, yeah. you know, and I've talked I've talked about that. In my in my blog a couple times now, and I, I you know I've heard it from both sides of it. I've got good sources in both Philly and Nashville. There's no question that that discussion is going on. Um, they're not the only team, of course, talking about at home. Um, you know, Pittsburgh is another one, and, and you know that's always when the Flyers and Pittsburgh are involved in a bidding war. You know, that's 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 a problem. You know, because they can go, they can they can tend to drive the price up with each other. So I don't know where it's going to go to, but at home is probably the perfect fit for them. He is so, the perfect fit for them, and they're you know. You, this is where you decide if you're going to give up some assets and make a run, or are you going to just sit tight with your assets and hope you can get through? But again, I would look at it like this. I know I have to give up some assets, but I also know this Flyers team can't get out of the second round of any playoffs. They will not get out of this division. They're never going to beat Boston the way they are. Yeah. So you have to look at that and be realistic. Now, we also have to remember they're run by a corporation and fans are going to soon be in this building. So if they get in two rounds of home playoff games, you know, that might satisfy them on the ledger. And that's the other part yeah. of this. Yeah. I mean, someone wrote, in the, someone wrote in the chat room, bad blood from the Weber offer sheet with Nashville. No, no. no I mean, it, no. that's long since passed. And, 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 you know, when that happened, Boyle and Holmgren were still buddies. You know, it was, like, it was, it was just, it was just a business thing. You know, it was a purely yeah. business thing. So, they all get that. Um, no, I think that 
when you look at it, if it comes down to Pittsburgh or Philly getting at home, the Flyers have more to offer. They've got, they, you know, they have more prospects. They have more ability. They have more. They have more they can do. So you would think at the end of the day that they would get them. If you're gonna if you're gonna make that trade, you don't wait until April to make it. No, I would have to make it now, right? Yeah, you make it as soon as you possibly can because, like you say, you want to get him in. You want to get him used to playing with play players. But Ekholm is like he's a definite. He's a good. He's a good. He's a good. He's a good penalty killer. He's a good power play guy. He can do everything. He's yeah. really. He's really he's not a load of points, but he moves the puck. He does everything you want him to do. Yeah, he's very much like you know, like Niskanen in a lot of ways. Um, I think better, but you know, it's my opinion. Um, well, I think he's better in the sense that he does have some offense to offer. Where Niskanen's offense left him the last two, three years of his career, but I don't yeah. know if he's better at that one position that Niskanen did get very good at because that comes been moved around. So I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and will he be better? Would he be better playing with Provorov? You know, that's the other thing we just he could remember. be, it could be. But I think so. I think that's. But I think that division. Now moving past that division, let's go to the um, to hawk to the Honda West division. Um, we've talked about this one plenty, um, but, but, you know, and we just, we we're just talking about this earlier. There is a heck of a battle for the fourth playoff spot here in this division. I mean, it's, it's going to be fun. I mean, there are Anaheim's win percentage is 395. It doesn't seem like, you know, they played 19 games. I, I think that we're safe in saying that this is a battle for fourth because I can't yeah, see any totally way Vegas, St. Louis, or Colorado drop out of the top. No. They may flip-flop within the top three, but they're not falling out of the top yeah. three unless there's a, a, a catastrophic injury with one of those teams. Right? Oh, very much so. So, so, you're ta- so you're talking L.A., Arizona, and Minnesota battling over fourth spot because San Jose is trash. And, and Anaheim, I think, you know, Anaheim is sort of, you know, they have young guys in the rebuilding. Right. And, you know, I, I don't think, even though they have a great goaltender in Gibson, I don't think they can really stick with yeah, that. Anaheim and San Jose are, are kind of, you know, they're, they're only in it because of, of games played right now, honestly. Right. I mean, San, I, San Jose, I, I just don't know. I mean, the Martin Jones experiment is over with. It's over. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they, they, they did, they've done everything they possibly can with the exception of getting rid of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they went out and they got Devin Dubnik to be a 1A, 1B scenario. That really hasn't helped. I think du- last time I looked at the stats, Dubnik was significantly better than, than Jones. Um, Jones just can't be enough. First, I don't know what happened to this guy, but this yeah. is not the same goaltender who took them to the Stanley Cup final a few years right. ago. Right. Definitely not. No, I mean, yeah. I think they're, they're really out of it. I mean, I feel like when I watch this division, I feel like Minnesota is the team that should get that fourth spot when I watch them play. Yeah. And the biggest okay, okay we've t- we talked about boat anchor contracts. We've talked about Skinner. We've talked about uh, uh, um, uh, Sergey Bobrovsky in Florida. Who in their right mind would would take on Eric Carlson's contract? Yeah, yeah, Carlson. No, no, really, no. I mean, it's a shame because he really has lost it. I mean, he he just doesn't have any. Well, I I heard I heard uh, the funny thing was I heard and I can't remember where I heard the report, but I heard the report that basically after his most recent surgery that he can't fully flex or extend his the his surgically repaired ankle anymore right. and basically he's like he has no flexibility so his skating is severely affected and his skating was his game yeah that was his weapon there's there's no doubt the thing that I'll agree with Eck on um with Minnesota is now that uh, Matt Zuccarello's back and he's scoring at a clip of seven points in his last four games with Kaprizov leading the team in scoring, which yeah. is not, a, there, baby. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not unheard of because we knew he would be a, a big force for them. They do have a chance, and Staloc's yet to come back. Imagine I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, think about the issue. Think about Minnesota is they are three games over 500, you know, a real 500, which right. is like, you know, like uh, to me, like LA is LA's one game over, LA's, LA's one game under 500. Arizona's two games under 500. Well, you know, I mean, it's like the, the Minnesota is definitely in a nif- in a different spot there. They are, you know, they have yeah. Nine- I think if they get Staylock back to to be their super backup like he was. Well, I, I, I don't see, deal, but I don't know if he's going to make it back. Russ, I don't even know if they really need him because as much as they thought that they were didn't want to rush Kakinen, his stats are basically the same as Cam Talbot. He's six and four. 915 save percentage. Yeah. Talbot is three and two, 920 save percentage. No, I get that. But if you're if you're going down the stretch yes. last month of the season, I still think you'd rather have Staylock in there. Yeah, you want the experience, but I th- right yeah. now, right now Kakinen's the starter. Yeah, he's a good goalie. He's a good goalie. Yeah, I mean they have I mean, and that, that having a three goalie system like they have right there now doesn't hurt them either. They have they have a I mean, they they would be a they would be a tough out for any of the Vegas, St. Louis, or Colorado teams too. They would be a really tough that would be a tough battle. I think the bigger series than people would get, call it for. I think St. Louis has really made a case for us to pay more attention to them, yeah. and I think um, I think the Avalanche did show a few flaws in Vegas for sure. I do. Yeah, I mean, I'm, Bennington is back. That's the big thing in St. Louis. Like yeah. Bennington is. Well, Bennington, I mean, I mean again, people were too harsh on him. They always have been. They always yeah. will. Be. But he's a good goalie, and look, Barube believes in him because you know yeah. you know what happens when Barube doesn't uh, believe in a goalie like Steve Mason, as an example. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen oh, it. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, I remember that for sure. Yeah, there's no question about it. Oh, I mean, the weird thing with Vegas is they have they've played what they played eleven home games and five away games. That's like that's that's helpful. Yeah, it, it helps. I mean, it helps to play at home. You know, even though there's no fans, it's still playing at home. It's much easier. I know, I know that you met, you mentioned this a couple of days ago in one of your blogs, and I, you know, I we I hadn't had a chance to to mention that. Yeah. B- okay, Bennington is a UFA. Yep. Bennington is coming. You know, he's won a Stanley Cup in the last three years. Yep. I think St. Louis wants to keep him. Oh, they definitely want to. Yeah, they want to keep him. They want to keep him, but if he's looking to hit a jackpot. Then you know there are a number of teams that will pay him the jackpot. One of those teams is not the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't the know Toronto Maple Leafs. Why would you say that? I don't know about that. So I talked to some really have, good sources on this one, Mike. Because they don't because they don't have the cap space to pay him more than they're paying Freddie Anderson right now. I'm not saying Freddie Anderson is going to be the answer for them next year. The Leafs may have to go out and trade for a goaltender. I just don't think that. Do you think that the Leafs are going to spend as much on Bennington as Calgary play uh, is spent on Markstrom? I don't I, think so. If they identify, hold on. If they identify that as the issue from keeping them from winning the Stanley Cup. And you could get a Stanley Cup winning goalie and just have to spend a little more. I think they'd spend it. They he's from the he's from space. Toronto. On top of it all, he's another kid from Toronto. Um, right. They'll then he find would, it. Then, They'll then, find it. Then, then he would have to. He would have to take a, not a hometown discount, but he would have to take less than he would market value to sign with the Leafs. That if might be Bennington, Why wouldn't you? I mean, it's like right. you're, you're, going, no. you're going you're going to a team that's like really one of the top teams in the NHL right now. You're going back to play for. Obviously, the team you always dreamed to play for. The point, the, right. the, point, the point I'm making, Ak, is if he want if he wants to play for the team that he rooted for as a kid, 
then he's going to have to take less than he would have to take if he went someplace else. I'm not saying that he's going to take, yeah. you know, take $3 million instead of six. I'm saying he'd probably have to take what Anderson is making right now or close to it. Okay, but let me ask the most important question. This is probably the most important question I could ask on the show today. Sure. Mike, who is a better goalie, Jordan Bennington or Frederick Anderson? I don't, can't tell you. I, I don't really? know. You can't tell me. Well, if you're basing it, if you're basing it on the one here that he won a Stanley Cup, then Bennington. But I, I'm looking at the career total. Um. Yeah. No. Okay, Mike. I think I think Bennington's enjoy your bubble. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that I mean what Bennington has shown you that we haven't seen from Anderson, despite the fact that I think Anderson is a very very good goalie, is that Bennington has shown the, the ability to win in the playoffs. Right. That is something. Right. That would be very important to try. He keeps saying that that is not Anderson's. That is not on Anderson. When you're playing. No, 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 hold on. Hold on. This is where you're wrong. When agents go in and talk to owners and GMs and they're talking about their goalies, they talk about save percentage, Mike. They don't talk about excuses about what the defense is like because the save percentage is the goalie stat. Okay. And Bennington has a much higher save percentage than Freddie Anderson does. That's just a fact. Okay, Bennington, the Bennington in the year that they won the cup had a 927 save percentage. The last year he's been last two years or last year was 912. This year so far he's 914. Okay? Right. right. Anderson, as I pull it up here. Thank you. Okay. Anderson, the last Okay, the first year in Toronto was nine eighteen. The second year was nine eighteen. The second, the, the third year was nine seventeen. Playing over sixty games, last year was nine oh nine. And what is it right now? Right now it's nine oh five. Here's the thing: me that guy's better than Bennington. How could you tell me that? None of that matters as much as the making the big save at the big time. Like to me, that right. that that is the goalie. That is what a goalie gets paid to do. Like you know, and that is. And that, no matter how much the, I like Anderson, on, and I think he's a really athletic goalie, he's really fun to watch at times. But there are, there's no question that he has not made the big save at the big times a couple I times. Right, I, I interviewed Barube, myself and Jason Rutitas. We interviewed Barube like three months ago. Keith Jones was mm-hmm. on the show too, and we interviewed him. And basically, he said he likes Jordan Bennington because he will make that right save at the right time. Yeah, that's what he does. He does. And he, and you saw it when I, I when yeah, I covered <laughs> covering, covering them against Boston of all teams, you know, a team that, a team that, a team that Anderson has, has had a little trouble with Boston covering um, Bennington against Boston in the Stanley Cup finals. I was amazed at like Bennington's ability to make big saves at big times. Like he really has that. That's the only reason the blues won that series. Bennington, Bennington stole that series, honestly, from the Bruins. going to talk about when Anderson did that with Anaheim. That's what he's going to do. Mm. That would yeah, it helped to have like Niedermeyer and Niedermeyer and uh, Pronger in front of him. No, 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 no. It was twenty fifteen. Neither one of them were on the okay. Ducks. Right. They well, made the, they made Game Seven of the Western Conference Final against the Hawks with Frederick right. Anderson leading the way. So the fact that he, he he hasn't won a series in Toronto is the fact that Toronto's defense, not just the blue line, but the team defense up to this year has sucked. All right, Mike, you're in a court of law now, and you're sworn to tell the truth. Yes. What is Freddie Anderson's record in game seven? There you go. I mean, that's like – and it sucks. I mean, I'm not – as a goalie, I feel bad for the guy. He's not 0-8, but he hasn't really won a game seven in a long time. He's not 0-8. Um, I mean, to 
just, I mean, I feel bad for him because as a goalie, I know it's not his fault, you know, but he's got to make, he's got to make. I think some of it is his fault. I think he's 0-3. I think he's 0-3. Okay. Yeah, 0-3. In game sevens in his career? Yeah, he was. He lost the one in game seven against Chicago in 2015. He lost, uh, I think he lost game seven in Nashville the one year. That was 2014. Uh, mm-hmm. and then he lost the two to the Bruins. Look, I think it's fair of us to say that Boost Boudreaux could never win the big game. It's also fair of us to say Freddie Anderson has never won the big game. Right, and that's the truth, unfortunately. Um, I don't know. It's just it's it's tough to say. <laughs> I'm still gonna fight it. It's fine, you know, and it, and I, I appreciate that, Mike. I do. I appreciate that. Finally, the Central Division real fast. Here, here, here's, here's the real answer. Blame Jake Gardner. There you go. <laughs> well, there you go. Continue. Finally, the Central Division real fast. We're running out of time. We talked about Florida being the top. Carolina has come on really. Uh, lately, too. Um, well, they, that's, that's a paper tiger because James Reimer is in goal. Okay. Um, Tampa, you know, they're right there, too. Obviously, they're going to be there. Ta- the regular season doesn't matter that much to Tampa. I, I, don't I, think. Think, you, I, think, you, I think you said that it really yeah. them winning the Central it really is meaningless because, totally they're, meaningless. you know, and, and we, know, we know that the first day of the playoffs, just like Patrick Kane came back the one year with yeah. Chicago, you know that Kucherov is coming back the first Game of the playoffs. Yeah. You know it. Yes. And then you really have um, three teams, kind of Chicago, Columbus, and Dallas really battling for the next spot. And Nashville and, and, and Detroit are really pretty well, much out. I think Dallas has six games in hand. I got to give Hudobin credit. Right now he's playing the part, man. Like He looked great last night, I'm you. In that game, <laughs> he was like, that game should have been nine to nothing. He had 49 saves, right? I mean, he was unbelievable in that game, I mean, honestly. Can he, he go on a run? Like, if he can. He is going to be one of the best stories we've ever had in the NHL because he was a backup forever. Like I said, he was the number one ranked European goalie in his draft. He largely got ignored. He always was ignored as a backup. We ignored him because Bishop was there. He, you know, he gets to the Stanley Cup. If he were to win a Stanley Cup, we would all be like mesmerized at what this guy has pulled off. I mean, didn't he at one point back up Rask in Boston too? Yeah, like yeah. he's like he's been yeah, just like. Kind of crazy, and then then lost his job when Thomas came in. Yes, but, yeah, it's just kind of that's just nuts. I mean, he really it is, and he, you know, what, just watching him play, he's just good. He's just really he's good. He's unorthodox, but it just as on the long in the long haul as a number one is a tough job. It is. It is, and he's playing a lot, and he needs to make a lot of saves. And last night, man, they he got no help at all from his defense in front of him. That game was like. 1-1 midway through the game, at, um, and it was all because of Hudobin. It was just there was no no reason for it to be 1-1 at all. So yeah. so I think, I mean, I think that I got a feeling that Columbus is like the team that's going to end up getting out, they getting that spot, though. I just feel like that they are going to, I mean, they haven't played well either, and yet there they are, you know. Five we Tyler Sagan's coming back this season? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, double hip surgery. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, I think the chances are about as good as Ben Bishop coming back. Yeah, I think that. I think that. I mean, Dallas. Yeah, I mean, they have got. They're going to have to play a ton of games, a ton of games. In, the in, thing that's amazing right now is how Pavelski's playing. The, the way yeah. he, the way he's playing in the regular season is the way he yeah. played in the playoffs, and the way he played last regular season was a business. And, and Gory Allen's been a real nice. And actually, Jason Robertson's on like a six-game point streak too. Who's another kid. With yep. a great shot and a big body, I know all the Toronto writers write Nick's brother, but again, he's a hell of a player himself. Yeah, he is. He's a really good player. But I think the really kind of sneaky stories in this are the top of the division. Like the two teams that really aren't 
in the Central Division, Florida and Carolina. You know what I mean? Like, this is a weird thing to me. Like, yeah. uh, the top three teams aren't really in the Central Division. I mean, but do any of us think Carolina could win the Cup without getting a goalie? No. No, I don't think so either. Um, but and their you know, defense is great. It's literally you can say the same thing about Florida. Really, I mean, you know, depending on what Bob does, I guess if Bob can get really hot enough, I mean. At least there's yeah. somebody there that leads you to believe that if he were to get hot, you're right. It could happen. My question is, if Florida, if the divisions were the way they were usually, you know, if we were in a normal year, um, <laughs> this is a fun made favorite thing to talk about tomorrow. Who would be in the playoffs? You know, I mean that because that that's a, maybe a fun thing we could discuss tomorrow because I think that you know we're seeing such a diff. There's such a different. There's so many different really kind of like Florida is definitely a, 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 in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, with this team in that in that division. Well, the funny thing is, is if 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 you're looking at the obviously the schedule is imbalanced, but if you base it on the records, the team that would be out of the playoffs in the um, in the Atlantic would be Montreal, right? Because it's Tampa, it's Boston, it's Toronto, it's Florida, and Montreal would be fifth. Those four teams, really, I honestly think are better than anybody. Like I think here's the big question, Eck. Also, this is a big question, Michael. Like. Is Jake Gardner going to lose his job to Jake Bean now that he's finally gotten a chance because Bean's got five points in eight games? I think the answer is yeah. Over the long, yeah, I think Jake season. Jake Gardner is 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 Seattle bound more than likely. He'll be he'll be exposed, but uh, yeah, no. I, well, Caroline, Jake brings up in the chat room is something that is definitely possible that that Carolina gets Jake Kemper, and I think that that is something that is absolutely out there. Oh, uh, Darcy Kemper, yeah. Darcy Kemper, not Jake Kemper. Who's Jake Kemper? Uh, <laughs> All right, field Darcy's younger brother. Is he like a field goal kicker in the NFL at some point? I mean, who am I thinking of? No. Isn't there a Kemper field goal kicker in the NFL? Not that I know of. I think there was. Anyway. There's a, there's a, there's a serial killer named Kemper. <laughs> um, I, I would just say this. Um, <laughs> Sorry. We there thought, is. Not thinking of. We thought that Carolina was going to get Leonard, and they blew it. How do we know they're not going to blow it on Kempner too? <laughs> You don't. I mean, you really just you don't. And and it, you know, I I would. Well, Russ 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 brought the point up that yeah, when we were talking earlier that right now, you know, as much as well as Colorado and Grubauer are playing, their backup is Hunter Miska. They're going to get a goaltender before the deadline. They will. Sue's, you know, whatever's going on with him, I didn't really, you know, I was really wasn't tracking what was going on, but apparently yeah, they still got an upper body, which could be like a concussion situation. Yeah, they're going to have to. They have the cap space, and they have yeah. Stanley Cup aspirations. They're going to get themselves a yeah. backup goaltender. But let's let's put this out for Eck terms. This is Joe Sackick versus Don Waddell. Who is going to win that Eck? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Remember, without the buzz. <laughs> Remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.